0: From Letourneau University, this is Story Hunt. I'm Alex Smith. This week, our founder, R.G. Letourneau. If you've ever heard of R.G. Letourneau, you know that he invented earth-moving equipment in the mid-20th century. He had over 300 patents to his name, and his company supplied about 70% of the earth-moving equipment used by the Allied forces in World War II. But there's another side to God's businessman that you may not know. For starters, RG never finished junior high. He didn't have a formal education, no GED or PhD. His first business ventures collapsed dramatically, and throughout his life he suffered tremendous hardship, personal loss, and a weirdly large number of near-death experiences. Point is, RG Letourneau never should have been able to do all of the things that he did. All the odds were against him, and yet his life, his testimony, and his legacy has touched thousands of people. Who was this man? His name is Robert Gilmore Letourneau.
1: R.G. Letourneau, a land-leveling contractor, had a lot of earth to move. Time was short, and the equipment of that day too slow to suit him. So he built a new scraper, planned it to move more earth quicker. It looked like this, and believe it or not, it worked. I've got to prove that my machine works before they'll buy it. See. And we must sell our Christianity to an unbelieving world. And when we let them know that it works and that God is on the throne and he helped us to do our job, then they're going to listen to us, perhaps even more than they would to the preacher.
0: Robert Gilmore Laterno was born in Vermont in 1888, the product of a long line of ministers, farmers and hard workers. R.G. was named after his dad's best friend, Robert Gilmore, whom he'd later call his uncle. As a boy, R.G. was restless and stubborn. In his autobiography, R.G. writes that his father's opinion of his character was, quote, usually expressed in a wide selection of Bible verses aimed at describing the fate of rebellious boys like me, unquote. Young R.G. was clever, maybe a little mischievous, and definitely self-destructive. He ran away from home a time or two and, after his family relocated to the Midwest, decided to dive headfirst into a very, very cold Lake Superior. After hitting his head on a rock below the surface, R.G. still somehow managed to beat his rescuers to the shore and ran home before he collapsed. Here's a trend you'll see a lot in R.G. Letourneau's life. Near-death experiences. Okay, so here's the rundown. We already talked about Lake Superior. He says, you can be sure if you want an excuse to do something wrong, the devil will give you a good one. In California, he survives a giant earthquake slash landslide. He gets whipped in the face by a broken cable, which knocks out half of his front teeth, which he replaces with gold teeth, he says because they were cheaper than porcelain. He breaks his neck in an accident, trying out a stock car for the garage. His friends leave him for dead and only take him to the doctor because he says they realize that his body wasn't getting cold. And this is probably one of the wildest ones, definitely my favorite anyway. RG is under a car, working on it for his Uncle Bob, remember, his namesake. The floorboards, he said, were soaked in oil and, unsurprisingly, they catch fire. Uncle Bob goes to put it out with what he thinks is water, but turns out to be a bucket of clear gasoline. The car explodes, there's flames everywhere, but RG walks away unscathed, unsinged, like Shadrack. And then there's the big accident. I'll let RG talk about that.
1: It was in broad daylight, no turn, no traffic, no excuse for an accident, and there was a head-on crash that took the lives of five out of the nine occupants of two cars. All three in the other car were instantly killed and two of the young men in our car. And I'm the only one out of the nine that knew what happened and lived through it and could tell the story afterwards. The other survivors didn't know what happened. So sudden, was that crash. And I looked up and I said, Lord, I love you. And I believe all things work together for good. To them that love thee. Can you say that to God? I believe that with all my heart. I said, Lord, I do not know why you've allowed this to happen. But I do not believe it could have happened to you and not allowed. I said, Lord, I'm not asking why. All I'm asking is your will be done. And friends, I can't tell you how real God became to me down in that wreck. God was surely there.
0: Okay, so Portland. Oregon, not Maine. At 14, after the family moves to Portland, Archie drops out of school. He takes a job full of near-death experiences, lifting molten lava shoulder-high at an iron foundry. Here's the story.
1: In Duluth, my folks had managed to keep me in school, but Portland was a horse of another color. I knew I was not going to squeeze my six-foot, 160-pound frame behind a desk made for little eighth graders. Like many uneducated men, Dad was determined that all his children would get what was denied him, and he was a very determined man. I'm sure he regarded a high school diploma as some magic passport to success, and a college degree as an awesome thing that would make success inevitable. I knew I couldn't out-argue him, but I was resolved to outlast him.
0: R.G. realizes the folks he's working with are not exactly righteous. His best friend, or bosom companion as he calls him, winds up in jail. He decides to seek direction. That weekend, he attends a revival, comes home, and finally gives his life to God.
1: God saved my soul when I was 16. and the first one I told after I was converted was my mother. I'd gone to bed. I couldn't sleep. I knew I was lost. I knew I was wrong. And I cried out to God that night. I said, Lord, I'm lost and I know it. Oh, God, can't you do something for me? Lord, can't you save me and make me your child? Uh, I, 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 hell, would be worse for me than for anyone else because I've had the light. I've known the way. Now I've deliberately gone the wrong way. And as I prayed that night to God, something happened in my heart. I can't explain it. But I know the glory of the Lord came into my soul. I, the burden was lifted. I'd been carrying a heavy load for some time back. I knew I was wrong. i have been trying to turn over a new leaf, but it seemed like I kept getting worse instead of better. But that night, I met the Lord, and I jumped out of bed and ran to my mother's room. I said, Mother, I've just been saved. I, I'm on my way to heaven now. You don't need to pray for me any longer.
0: The foundry burns to the ground, and Argie spends the year unemployed. He gets word of a job in San Francisco, which goes pretty well for a while. Then a massive earthquake decimates the city and a fire consumes that foundry there as well. RG loses two more jobs in unrelated fields, all while foundries around him turn to ash. He says, I began to wonder if I had been wise in choosing a profession so combustible. Years later, RG opens his first business, a garage with a man he calls Parks. This isn't his real name, you'll find out why later. In this time, R.G. breaks his neck, runs away with, and subsequently marries his wife Evelyn and contributes to the war effort, World War I that is, not as a soldier, remember the whole broken neck thing, but as a shipyard worker. It's important for you to know that R.G. Laterno lived actively in his beliefs and convictions, political, religious, or otherwise. That's R.G. Next, Jake Hall details R.G.'s major turning points. Here's Jake.
2: Stockton, California, October of 1918. World War One has just ended, and R.G. Letourneau is returning home to his family after working in the naval shipyard. His wife, Evelyn, is waiting for him with his newborn son, Caleb, their first child, who's only three weeks old when R.G. comes home. In his own words, R.G. describes this moment. He says, for a week, we did little more than hang over his crib and marvel and thank God that the war was over and that we all could be together again. However, in the coming months, the family would face two very difficult problems, one of which would have a massive impact on the rest of their lives. RG had left his garage business in the hands of his partner, Parks, and when he returns to Stockton, R.G. finds that the garage is bankrupt.
1: This partner of mine, brilliant young fella, fine, keen, natural born businessman. He knew how to do business. He was a good salesman. He could sell the cars and and, and we were getting ahead mighty fast, but when I was gone, I, I, I hate to say, I'm afraid he didn't know Little Lord as his savior. Oh, I'm afraid he didn't. And I'm afraid it's partly my fault because I hadn't been witnessing to him as I should. I'm afraid if If I had been living for the Lord as I should, the story would have been different.
2: Parks has completely tanked the business, and they're in massive debt. Parks doesn't believe in keeping books, so he's not kept any record of any transactions, and he's put all of the cars that they own up as collateral, and he's in debt to many different creditors. So R.G. immediately has to begin to work day and night to recover from the debt, creating transaction records, trying to discover what all Parks has been a part of while he's been gone. So this takes a massive toll on R.G. And to make matters worse, he returns home in January of 1919, one evening to find Evelyn pacing the floor white with fright, as he says. Now, a Spanish influenza epidemic had been sweeping through the area that R.G. himself had succumbed to at one point. In January, it reached their son, Caleb. And just a week later, Caleb would die of influenza. I did love that little fella.
1: And the Lord took him away. I said, Lord, what's wrong here? Everything seems to be going wrong. And he seemed to say, my child, you've
2: been working mighty hard, but you've been working for the wrong thing.
1: You've been working for material things when you ought to have been working for spiritual things.
2: This moment... He realizes that to this point in his life, he had taken such pride in his work that he'd been neglecting working for God.
0: That was Jake Hall. Next time on Story Hunt, we continue with R.G. Laterno's story and find out just how R.G. and Evelyn went from rock bottom to moving mountains. Story Hunt is a production of Laterno University's School of Arts and Sciences. This episode was produced by me, Alex Smith, with help from Madeline Lane, Jake Hall, and Nathan O'Day. Special thanks to Dr. Carl Payton, our faculty sponsor, who sat in as RG for us this episode. Carl reads from RG's autobiography, Mover of Men and Mountains, which is actually a really, really great read. There's a link in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. Thanks as well to library director Shelby Ware for granting us access to the Letourneau archives where we got a lot of our source material. And thanks to Dale Hardy for being our walking R.G. Letourneau encyclopedia. And thanks, of course, to Letourneau's Dean of Education, Arts, and Sciences, Dr. Larry Fraser. Please subscribe to Story Hunt and leave us a review if you like this episode. Find us on social media. I'll leave links in the show notes. Talk soon.